Welcome to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we got to see some girls basketball, some boys basketball last night, separate games. I've uh, been getting out to a lot of different events this week, so kind of the winter season, I'd say, fully underway at this point. All metros are done for the fall season. We just finished the last one on Sunday with boys soccer from Zach, and now we get to kind of take a look into the winter, which is really nice. Uh, we got maybe a couple more previews. You just finished your boys basketball preview. I only have, I think, skiing and boys swimming left to do for the rest of this week, and then we're finally able to like go to games, cover them, not have to worry about anything else. Maybe do some feature stories. That'd be kind of cool, you know. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a lot of events that we've been to over the last week, and um, it's going to be the complete opposite heading into next week. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about before we we came on today about how basically one of us is not working almost. I'd say about three quarters <laughs> of the days of the rest of the year. Um, is where we banked our PTO and either we're <laughs> off a day or two here, a day or two there, three days here. Um, Brian in a day or two is going to be going on a nice little vacation. And then I have a couple days sprinkled around. So um, we won't be getting out to as many games uh, next week. We'll have quite a few, but then even the sports schedule itself slows down a lot. Not a ton of events happening in those last two weeks of December. So we'll kind of um, do a little bit uh, different coverage. And then also that last week before the new year, we have, Granite City Classic, a big hockey tournament at the MAC, um, a lot of stuff happening around here. But um, until then, as you mentioned, we still have some previews to get to, um, some recapping of events. And uh, I think we'll start with boys basketball because that's where um, you were at last night. You covered the game. Uh, I was at a girls basketball game also at Sock Rapids right beforehand. So I stayed and watched about a half and then uh, watched the rest of the game from home on the stream. Um, so we both got to see that game of Sock Rapids. Uh, faced Big Lake for their season opener overtime game um, where the Storm were down for pretty big chunks of that game um, late in the first half, pretty deep into the second half as well before they sent it to overtime um, and ended up kind of just holding on to to get that 76 to 70 win. Um, after, you know, we'll talk about the game first. We'll get to kind of players to watch in the area, some of the preview stuff a little later. But I guess just first what, you know, you were the one that got to talk to um, some of the players and coaches after that game last night. Um, what was kind of just your perception from how this season opening win came about? Um, well, the first thing is, is the whistles were working. Um, the refs whistles whistles were working just fine. Um, first half, there was a combined 32 fouls between both teams. Doc Rapids had 17. Big Lake had 15. Overall, with both halves and the overtime period, um, there was 58 total fouls called. Um, so it was kind of hard to kind of keep that tempo going. Um, that was one thing that um, Eli kind of told me after the game was, you know, they're a very fast tempo team, Sock Rapids is, and they like to run up and down the court. They like to pressure. Um, even Derek Peterson, their head coach, said that, you know, they do a lot of, um, they do a lot of full court pressure, you know, full court um, press. They also like to do some double teams on defense and such and like to create that pressure and physicality on defense. But they kind of had to refrain from it a little bit um, throughout the first half because there was a lot of foul trouble. I mean, the, luckily, the only player that uh, that fouled out was Alex Heron, who had five fouls and, um, and, and had to sit on the bench. But other than that, the rest of them only had three or four fouls. But 
they had to play very conservatively. Otherwise, they were going to be fouled out in a matter of minutes. So um, definitely a different type of style of play. Big Lake kind of took advantage of that because of their, you know, not as much pressure. They were able to hit some really big threes and take that lead early on. Um, they went into the half with a 33 to 29 lead. Um, and then Sock Rapids just kind of kept battling back a little bit. Here and there, they would do some certain things. Finally, when they were down by, I think it was like 10, maybe 8 or 10 um, in the second half, they finally went to full court press. They they had no option. Um, they needed to get pre- They needed to create some pressure. And it worked. Um, they were very smart with their play. They didn't foul as much. Um, and Big Lake wasn't able to kind of uh, keep up with that pace. And so Sock Rapids finally was able to kind of inch back and inch back and inch back. And eventually, um, towards the last minute or so, um, they got an out of bounds um, from Big Lake. Sock Rapids' ball. Uh, Al- Andrew Heron went down the court or went down the um, floor and, and kind of drove the paint. Got fouled, went up and missed his first free throw, made his second free throw to tie the game at 68, and then their defense kind of took over for the last 30 seconds and contested every shot Big Lake took, and they went into overtime, and that kind of led to the free throws. Um, I mean, Sock Rapids was 6-for-6 six six in overtime on free throw attempts, um, which is crucial to winning a game in, in that close a margin, um, and free throws overall was just the big point was they just needed to hit their free throws. Sock Rapids wasn't as good in the first half, but Big Lake was very good. And then the it kind of flipped um, flipped roles um, in the second half where Sock Rapids did a really nice job with free throws and um, Big Lake kind of went down a little bit. So um, definitely a very interesting first game, that's for sure. Um, I'm hoping, you know, most of these games do not have that many fouls because it's just, uh, it, it's not the fact of like, you know, it was a bad game in the sense of fouls. It was just, it was just hard to watch because every single time, you know, you'd think that they'd get on a roll and it was like, you know, another whistle, another whistle, another whistle. And it's like, by the time that you hit halfway through the first half, you're already doing double bonuses and you're shooting two shots every time that you hit, get a foul. It's like, it gets to become a boring game, honestly. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a very aesthetically pleasing game to say the least. And I mean, it wasn't even halfway through half. I think it was literally five minutes that, at least one of the teams was in double bonus. Um, yeah. I mean, and it just, I mean, you get, you have to, you have to set a precedent early and, you know, both teams were trying to be aggressive on defense, but at, at some point, I mean, you have to be able to, to play a little and it just, it, it wasn't one of those nights. So like, you know, soccer Rapids, they were able to um, adjust, like you said, kind of impressive. They only had one player foul out with all the different players with four fouls kind of um, playing crucial minutes there at the end. But you know, they held on for the win. You know, Eli Moylanen was one of the stars. He scored 25 points. Uh, he was 13 for 17 from the free throw line in that game, aggressive and kind of getting to the rim and um, taking advantage when he did have those free throws. And, you know, he was kind of the player to watch for them because he had, you know, he averaged double figures last year, was a big piece coming back as kind of a reliable ball handler and point guard for them. Um, and he proved it. That it just seemed like, you know, with Dominic Mathias still not going to be coming back for a bit, who also was, you know, kind of one of their other top scorers last year besides, you know, Ethan Upsell, who graduated, who averaged, you know, 20 plus points a game for them. That offense was going to be the thing that they're going to have to figure out through this early stretch of the year. That's what Derek told me earlier, um, not this week, last week, uh, when I interviewed him kind of for a preview. And 
you know, it looked like at times that other than Eli, no one really wanted to score the ball, honestly, um, for stretches of that first half. It seemed like in the second half, some guys became more confident. They started looking for their shots a little bit more, and the offense started to roll. And like you said, applying that pressure, trying to get at least some fast break points, which almost were non-existent in the first half from what I saw, that definitely seemed to kind of develop there in the second half. So um, I believe when we watched them the first game of last year, too, it went to overtime when they played Apollo, if I remember right. Um, when we were at that game, and this was was kind of similar, you know, not the prettiest, um, but still, you know, decently high scoring in the end in the 70s. And that's how they won a lot of games last year, too. They'd be down, you know, in the first half, early second half, kind of claw back and they find ways to win. So um, a good opening win for them. But like you said, not not the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely. No, I. I definitely think it was, and, and even Derek said after the game, he's like, we definitely need to improve on this. We need to learn from this. And, you know, they obviously will. Um, they're not, they have a lot of high expectations for this season after what they were able to do last year. And so um, definitely a good start just to get that sigh of relief, to get that first win under your belt, but obviously improving from from that. Um, but I guess that's just one of many schools that uh, boys basketball season is starting up and, I know over the last uh, week or so, you've been talking to coaches and kind of getting some ideas of what players to watch for, as well as what teams to watch out for um, early on in this season. And I guess maybe just kind of first talk about, you know, it seems like a lot of these guys that are on this list are familiar names from last year um, that kind of took over some roles, also some familiar football players um, from this past fall. Um, But just maybe kind of talk about a couple teams that, might be looking pretty strong early on this season that, you know, has gotten me excited a little bit. Yeah, you know, even from just looking at some of the box scores, you know, two teams, Sartell and Ricori started um, last Saturday, and then kind of every other team began their season uh, last night. So, um, and Apollo and Cathedral haven't started their season either. So we have five of our seven teams have played games so far. Um, you know, a name that we kind of expected to have another big season was Mason Lund, who had 34 points um, in the first game of the season in an 84 to 72 win. And then he followed it up with 26 points and seven rebounds and a win over Bemidji last night too, who I know Bemidji had a big win in their first game of the year. So um, Sartell starting off two and O Mason averaging 30 points and almost 10 rebounds a game in those two wins, um, which is just huge. That's, you know, kind of, he had spurts like that last year, but kind of didn't sustain it throughout the entire year. Um, and I know he had to miss a couple of games here and there that kind of threw him out of a rhythm, but he's already, you know, proving to shoot the ball. He's shooting above 50%, I believe, or right around there from the field. Um, and clearly he's going to be one of the, one of the best players in the area. Another big thing is, um, for the Sabres who jump up to class four, you know, this year, and it's going to be, you know, a big level of competition. They also have Evan Templin and Logan Clark. their other two captains on the team who started last year that they've both also been in double figures each game. So kind of having that consistent, almost big three in a way um, that you can rely on to get, you know, the majority of your points, then you kind of have a lot of other role guys, bench guys, like, you know, like Parker Knutson, um, you know, like Blake house, like some of those guys, um, Steven Brinkerhoff, you know, a lot of these football players, honestly, that have played a lot or play baseball, play a lot of different sports for the Sabres um, are all kind of filling into these roles as well um, and stepping up in different ways. So Sartell off to a great start. Um, McCory was the other team that already has two games while they're 0-2. Jack Spanier is kind of was their player to watch, and he proved it off the bat again. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 
in their first game of the year, and he's basically their only player coming back that logged significant varsity minutes at all last year. They lost six of their top seven scorers, um, so the Spartans are going to be looking to kind of replace all that. Now they have a huge junior class, which Jack is a part of, that we've seen in football that also is going to be learning a lot in basketball this year as well. They have a lot more size than last year. Well, last year they were like all guards, no posts. This year it sounds like they have a ton of posts that they can rely on. Um, and one of those was was Evan Atchison, who had a double-double um, in his first uh, you know game of the season as well. So Ricori might take a little bit um, for them to kind of get into the groove. I'm excited. I'm going to see um, both these teams actually, Sartell and Ricori, play at Ricori um, tomorrow on Thursday night. We're recording this podcast on a Wednesday morning. So um, both of those teams I'm looking to see, but Jack and Mason um, are definitely the, the two I expected to step up, and they've already kind of shown it at the start of the season. Yeah, and I know Ricori, you know, two tough losses to start off this season. I mean, 63-59 against Little Falls they lost, and then Tuesday, last night, they lost 56-53. So some really close games, um, just maybe hoping to close out those games um, in the future. I mean, obviously, to stay close with these different teams is obviously a good sign to start off the season, but, you know, want to get that want to get that win, obviously, to, to start off and kind of get that side of relief, so... Um, but as for, I know you were kind of talking to me a little bit about some newer faces on the tech team, um, with the new coach coming into play, um, as well as maybe some, you know, some newer faces on the Apollo team as well. So maybe talk, kind of talk about those St. Cloud schools a little bit, um, along with also Cathedral, um, that has a new coach as well. Yeah. You know, there's, um, um, well, I think last week, I can't remember if I mentioned, but girls basketball, you know, every coach was back, which isn't very nice for us always just because you know what to expect you know who you're texting to start the year um <laughs> talk you've built these relationships before but it's also always cool to build new relationships and we have a couple new coaches like you mentioned for boys basketball we have um donald ferguson for tech and then we also have mike sand who took over at cathedral who are both in their first year um as head coaches at least in this area um and for tech they have a lot of new faces it's going to look a lot different than past years tech is kind of at least my two years here um, have, you know, pr- struggled pretty mightily um, just in picking up wins. They've been competitive a lot of the time, but they just haven't really been able to put it all together ever. And, you know, this year um, they're looking to change that. They, and Coach Ferguson, um, his son, Don Ferguson the third, he had 29 points in their first game of the season last night. They lost to Princeton, who um, is a top 10 ranked team in Class 3A, so by no means a bad road loss to start the year. Um, I think it was a 10-point loss. So, he had 29 in that game. He's considered kind of one of the better shooters in the state um, by a lot of local and national publications. And, um, you know, he's getting a lot of Division One interest. He has, I know, at least one offer from Hampton. He has a lot of interest from kind of teams like, you know, Miami of Ohio, Air Force, some of those Division One schools. Um, so he's kind of the real deal. So I'm really excited. I haven't got to see him before uh, play yet, but hopefully that'll change in the next couple of weeks. Um, I know they play Apollo in a game in the Granite City Classic at the end of the month that I know both of us are kind of looking forward to. Um, so that'll be a big one. And then, you know, he he also, you know, has played the biggest schools in the state before. He started for 4A Osseo in the cities last year as a junior um, and has had a lot of success on the AAU circuit as well. So um, he'll be a big player for them as well. Last night, um, his younger brother, Tamron, who is a sophomore, who's kind of more of a point guard for them, um, he also had, you know, double figures in his first game with Tech. Um, so both of them are, you know, they combined for, you know, about 40 plus points um, just themselves, 40 to 50 points. That's a 
just a huge addition with those two transfers right there. And then you have guys like Devin Yeager, who um, is, you know, double digit point guy, almost double digit rebound guy for Tech the last couple of years and has played. I think this will be his fourth head coach he's played under in like three years for Tech. And yet he still has been extremely consistent, great player that, you know, he had eight points in the first game last night. I expect him to have some really big games this year, especially when teams are kind of keying in on um, those guards that, you know, are having big games. It's really going to open things up for him because in the past he's got doubled a lot. He's kind of in the focal point. I think he'll have um, some big games as well. And then for Apollo, they also have, um, you know, they have someone back like Thomas Dew, who we've talked about for a couple years here that, you know, is um, he's, you know, he's lost weight. He looks more athletic this year and he's already had, you know, some great high school basketball seasons. So um, I expect him to even take another step this year, being to, you know, he's shown that he can do it in the post. I think he'll be able, even a better ball handler, kind of be able to run the fast break a little bit. Um, and, you know, I've already been seeing videos of him like dunking between his legs and stuff um, in practice and stuff, uh, just kind of messing around. So clearly the athleticism that we know is is already there. And I, I'm excited to kind of see him try to get out on the fast break, maybe throw down some dunks in transition um, for them. And they also have a lot of nice, you know, pieces coming back. They have Jamari Abston, Isaiah Washington were two guards that played a lot for them last year um, that are both going to be back. And they are, you know, pretty reliable guys that um, I know Jason Allen, their head coach, feels, you know, pretty comfortable and, you know, giving even bigger roles this year. Um, and they also have a couple new faces. They have Tate Watkins, who's from St. Cloud Christian, kind of a co-op thing. Um, he's going to be playing for them this year. That he's a 6'4 guy that is extremely athletic, can also get, can also jump and get up and do a lot of great things. So um, he's someone they're excited about. And then um, they also have Jukani Dang, who's a 6'7 kind of stretch four guy for them. So you have, you know, Thomas, 6'7", 6'8", Jakani, 6'7", Tate, 6'4". Um, not a lot of teams are going to have that most nights, um, especially guys that, that are pretty athletic. So um, they bring a lot of nice pieces as well. Uh, I know we're both kind of excited to see both these teams because while um, some of these other teams we've seen a lot of these guys play before, there's a lot of kind of unknowns for us um, with Apollo and Tech. So it'll especially be cool to, to see them square off later this month. Yeah, no, definitely. And, I know the last two are kind of the Granite City or Granite Ridge uh, Conference teams, um, like you said, Mike Sand being the new head coach at Cathedral, um, and then as well as Albany. I know Albany is one of the few, or it was one of the only teams ranked in our area um, to start off the season. They're ranked number ten in Class Two A. Um, they're going to have a really good matchup against Annandale next week, who was ranked number five or six in Class Two A. So, kind of starting off right from the get-go um, with, with their schedule. But maybe just kind of talk about, uh, it seems like a lot of familiar faces on that Albany team um, from last year. Obviously, you lose certain certain players that are key, um, just like their football team was. But it seems like they always kind of bounce back at, with new players um, every single season. Yeah, and they, you know, they did lose a couple, you know, three-year starters. But they have five guys back that kind of were in the rotation last year. Um, you know, Carter Beers, one from football name you'll recognize that um, while he only had nine points last night in their first game, they won 85 to 45 over Eden Valley Watkins. But he's someone that, you know, he shot almost 50 percent from the floor last year, over 40 percent from three um, and was, a you know, is a great guard for them that can also get to the basket. So um, he's going to be a key just kind of leader for them as a senior. Um, but they also, you know, had some big production from some, you know, other older guys too. They had Brady Gable at 16 points, Jordan Barker had 10 points last night, and then Tyson Garrett, who's a junior, 
um, whose older brother, Isaiah Garrett, has started for them for a couple years, too, that just graduated. Um, I remember he started to play a bit more near the end of last year. He had 25 points last night in um, their season opener. And he's also, you know, a great shooter, um, you know, very gifted offensively from what I've seen as well. So um, LaQuay Jefferson's another guy. He's a great, you know, guy in defense. He plays a lot of different positions for them. Who's a, you know, two years, two year starter. So, you know, they have, they have a lot of guys. The big thing for them is going to be finding that depth behind them that um, they kind of got to figure out who, who's going to be the guys coming off the bench. Cause Corey Schlegel, their coach, said that, you know, with how they play defense, with how aggressive they are, you can't expect, you know, four or five guys to be playing more than 30 minutes a game. They they need to kind of have a, a, a bigger rotation because of the way they play. So um, a little more a little more guard focused than past years, it sounds like. But they're also doing some of the same stuff um, as usual. So Albany, like you said, number 10 um, in class 2A. So um, and they're going to be playing Annandale um, next week, I believe, who's, you know, like a top five team in class 2A. So a big test for them upcoming as well. And then cathedral who hasn't started their season yet. I believe they start their season on Friday um, is also, you know, they only won four games last year, but like you said, new coach, Mike sand, um, you know, is, is pretty happy with the crew he has. They, there are a lot of guys that have played together a lot of years before. Um, they have a lot of offense as well. Coming back. Um, Jordan Schumann is one of the big names there. He was a double digit scorer last year. Um, you know, he's a quarterback in football, can get his shot off in basketball really well, just with his length and his height. Um, also a good outside shooter. And then a lot of other pieces um, that I know they're pretty excited about. Some other guys from other sports as well. You've heard about like Emmanuel Kutsera, who is a good receiver. That's also, you know, a, a key defender for them last year. Probably take a bigger offensive role. Got like Zach Plant, who didn't get to play last year because of injury. Um, we'll be back kind of as a spark plug guy, you know, hustle guy um, that can do a lot for them too. So you know, they um, are coming off of, you know, a pretty down year, but I think they're kind of excited for, for where it can lead now. Absolutely. And a partridge in a pear tree. Exactly. So I have a story <laughs> on sctimes.com. Now, I believe it came out this morning on Wednesday morning of um, the top eight players to watch in the area, which I kind of broke down here, but you also get more in-depth kind of their stats, what their coaches think, um, some of that. So you can also go to sctimes.com for that. And I know you two uh, could have been this week, last week. I can't keep track anymore. But you also put out um, wrestlers to watch um, in the area with the wrestling season starting up and having um, a couple guys, you know, that have been to state or gone kind of in deep runs at state that um, are back as well. Do you want to kind of go through just kind of a couple of the key names to watch in the wrestling scene uh, for this winter? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, similar to you with your top eight, I did top five for um, wrestling, you know, wrestlers to watch in the area. There are five teams um, in the in the St. Cloud area. St. Cloud has a co-op with four schools, including Cathedral, Apollo and Tech. So um, those three schools are all in one. Um, and then you have Sock Rapids Rice, as well as Albany, Ricori and Sartell. Um, so with St. Cloud, the big the big name is Jackson Kenning. Um, he's a sophomore. Um, it's kind of fun. Bob Bowick and is coming back as a co-head coach this season. He retired, obviously, two years ago. Um, Travis Holt took over the job, and then um, now Travis Holt left. So Bob's taking over that position, but he's coming in with Scott Davis, who is a Hall of Fame coach, um, was at Owatonna for a while. Um, and those two have been best buds for a while, so it, it makes sense that the two of them are co-head coaches, um, both really nice guys and looking forward to a fun season with them. Um, but Jackson is um, kind of one of the most stable guys on the team, um, even though he's a sophomore. 
He's uh, he's ranked um, number three in 138-pound weight class for class tri- AAA um, with the guillotine um, as the, you know, the guillotine is kind of the ranking hub of wrestling. Um, but then on top of that, you also have Cody Brott, Andy Johnson, and Tucker Hug. Um, they're also all on the rankings. And so basically kind of once you hit that 138, 132 pound and higher, um, there's a lot of experience on that team. Um, the only downside is is kind of down in those smaller weight classes. Um, there's not as many, um, not as much experience in that side. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see who takes over those different roles. Um, obviously, kids grow throughout the season and throughout the years. And so, you know, Jackson Kenning used to be a smaller weight, but now he kind of gained a few more pounds because he's grown <laughs> um that's just the thing with high school <laughs> so um but it'll be interesting to see who kind of takes over those roles um throughout the season in Ricori, Ricori has a lot of experience coming back um austin austin moshko he's a senior he's one of three seniors on the team with ryan rose and luke hemish um and then matthew goble is a junior that's going to be kind of a leader as well those four are kind of looking to step up um, in in the leadership role as well as just on the mat as well. Um, Dustin Kramer is their head coach, and he even said he's excited about this season. He's got a lot of a lot of depth on this team. He's got a lot of experience, um, and he has confidence in that middle to upper weights. Um, but kind of towards the lower weights, similar to St. Cloud, there's not as many um, much experience, and so. Um, he said, you know, if, if they are down, if the Spartans are down early on in the in the match, it's not a big deal because he's confident that those middle to upper weights are going to be kind of able to take over um, early on. Um, a couple other names that are on Austin was ranked in, in the um, top 10 for 152 pounds. Also, Grady um, Minarath, he's also on in the top 10 as well. He's ranked early on in the preseason polls. So kind of nice to have a couple different names um, on that list. And then when it comes to Sartell, Sartell has 12 seniors on their team, um, one of them being Spencer Johnson, who has been exceptional um, for the Sabres um, every season. Um, He, along with Dylan Enriquez, as well as... um, uh, Yeah, Dylan Enriquez is going to be also ranked in the top 10 for preseason poll. Um, they're also looking towards Ashton Lipinski, Will Budge, Dutch Nordby, and Cade Hendrickson. Um, Cade Hendrickson is actually a guy that was hurt last season, so he didn't get to wrestle, but he had a really good sophomore year. So, um, you know, Cody Olson is looking for them to kind of um, bring back some experience as well as a lot of depth on this team. With 12 seniors, you have a lot of depth, um, and rightfully so because a lot of those play- wrestlers are going to be taking over those 12 roles. Um, once they graduate. So um, be very interesting to see how that kind of goes. Albany, they also have a lot of uh, familiar names. Um, Peyton Crumry, he's a senior. He's kind of be kind of their leading guy. Um, but they actually went against or they went out to Melrose uh, a couple weekends ago or no, last weekend. And uh, they finished first in the tournament and then in, in invitational and a lot of first second place finishes for a lot of these wrestlers. Um, you got you got guys like Hunter Tate, Declan Crumley, and J- Jacob A. Adrian. Um, they're all kind of seniors that are you know going to be kind of taking over those roles. 
Owen Carlson and Devin Hansen are two younger wrestlers that have a lot of experience and can kind of help those lower weights. So that's kind of nice for um, Alex Evan and, and the Albany Wrestling Program. And then lastly, you have Sock Rapids Rice. Um, they actually have a new coach, Derek Gilbertson. Um, he's been an assistant coach for the Storm Program for a while, but he kind of took over that head coaching role for this season. Um, he will have a few different um, aspects of leadership um, with Cole Ackerman and Vance Bars, um, but it's going to be a very new young team for um, Sock Rapids, which he's excited about. He gets to teach them kind of the basics um, and kind of watch them grow throughout the program. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see how things go there. Cole Ackerman is ranked eighth um, in 170 pounds at Class AA, and then Vance Bars is at number four in 113 pounds. So those two will be kind of the names to look at. Um, both of them had really good runs last year. Um, and with Derek, he's just looking to kind of set a foundation of you keep wrestling until that final whistle is blown. Um, and, you know, whether you win or lose, he's just looking for improvement early on. He wants to see these kids be able to, you know, continue to fight and can continue to learn their skills throughout every single week. And hopefully that kind of translates into, you know, some really good matches and such in January as you get ready for February sections and state tournaments and such. So kind of an exciting wrestling season, I would say. Um, a lot of familiar faces from last year. A lot of guys that made it to state last year that are back this year. So I would expect a handful of teams and um, individuals to be making it to state this year. I'm sure we're going to be busy at the XL Energy Center that weekend for state tournaments, which is perfectly fine by me. It's always fun to see these these guys compete. And um, yeah, should be a should be a really fun season in, in my mind for the wrestling um, for the sport of wrestling in St. Cloud. And yeah, if you want to read more um, similar with basketball on all these wrestlers um, and kind of mixed in with each wrestler preview, also kind of a team preview that Brian did by doing five of these for the five teams, uh, make sure to check it out at sctimes.com. Also a four subscriber only story, just like basketball. Um, so make sure to subscribe if you want kind of that more in-depth, detailed content that we're going to continue to be doing all throughout the winter season for all these sports. So um, you know, that was a pretty... That was a pretty lengthy first segment, but we had a lot of stuff to get to, um, and we have more coming up. So um, when we go back on the other side of the break, we're going to talk some girls basketball, which I was at last night. We also saw a little bit of last week. Uh, also dance, which uh, Brian was at two meets within the last week. Um, and we might wrap up with some college stuff and also mention those last couple all-metro teams um, that we discussed last week. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, like I mentioned, we're going to get into girls basketball here first for a couple other sports before we wrap up today. And last night I got to see the St. Cloud Crush play Sock Rapids Rice. Uh, it was a pretty evenly matched game between these two. I was kind of expecting it to be a pretty good one between two local schools. And I would say it definitely delivered. You know, St. Cloud scored the first basket of the game and then Sock, Ra Sock Rapids uh, rattled off 11 straight points. St. Cloud had to kind of take a timeout, regroup. Then they went on a 14-0 run. So, um, you know, it ended up being about an eight-point game at halftime. But 
they both teams kind of found their offense late in the half after struggling most of the first half. Um, and the storm, they applied some pressure the second half right away. Um, St. Cloud started kind of turning the ball over a little bit more. Uh, wasn't as efficient, and Sock Rapids got within two points a couple different times. They never equaled the, they never fully tied it up or retook the lead, but they brought it close. But St. Cloud, they kind of made shots when they needed to, um, made some free throws down the stretch, and were able to hold on for their win. It's their first uh, conference win as a co-op school, and that was kind of the big thing I talked to some of their players and their coach, um, Carl, about last night, because, you know, they're coming together with two separate programs this year, Apollo and Tech, um, have both had some pretty tough years the last two years, especially last year. They only combined for three wins and 33 losses between the two schools. So, um, but coming together, you're kind of bringing the best of both of those teams, putting them together and seeing what can kind of happen. And um, you've seen some pretty good things out of them to start this year. They're two and two overall. Um, they won their season opener as well. And, you know, they've, they've been producing um, as well. You have Kiara, Kiara Anderson, who, uh, you know, she had 16 points last night and a ton of rebounds. She's had a couple, you know, she had a 20-point game. She's averaging almost um, double-digit rebounds here and there in certain games. And um, she's been pretty incredible. She was the one that made a lot of those free throws down the stretch last night, too, um, to kind of seal the game. And she said, you know, at first it was a little distant, a little weird to bring these two schools together. But then they found out really quickly that, um, you know, they're all really good friends. They really enjoy playing together. Um, and it's already showing this year, and they kind of already – they already have as many wins as they already have more wins than Apollo did last year, the same amount the Tech did last year through four games. So they're pretty happy with with how things are going. Um, another player for them that was big last night was Maddie Neffs, who she started the year on JV just like three games ago. Um, and then they had two ACL injuries on their team in like the same, I think it was game, if not, you know, a couple days span. So now the depth is is totally different. You have to find new people to step up. So she stepped off. She had a game-high 17 points off the bench last night, made eight shots, um, and was just a really good piece for them to kind of step up into that scoring role. They kind of had some foul trouble last night, so um, it opened up some different avenues there. And, you know, it, for a team that hadn't won a ton of games, when games get close like that in the second half, it's very easy to, to see it go one way or the other. Might, you know, let, it, let the moment get too big for them, but they were kind of able to to maintain and get a big win. So the Crusher 2-2 two and two on the year now. Um, they'll be playing Alexandria, a pretty big um, conference game already. Alexandria also 2-2. Two and two. Um, They're going to be playing them on Friday as their next game. So um, it was exciting to see both of those teams last night. Um, Courtney Paulson was the leader for the Storm. Uh, she had 15 points, on, and she made 11 of her free throws as well. So that's where she got most of her points. So um, the Storm 0-3, but still kind of showing some growing signs for a team that has a lot of sophomores and juniors. Um, kind of playing big minutes. So uh, that was a big one last night. Some other scores from last night was Ricori won again, 60 to 42 over St. Francis. They also picked up on um, their first win of the year last Friday. They beat Zimmerman 79 to 65. Um, they had four players in double figures in that one. And Madison Terrace had 11 points, 18 rebounds. That's pretty incredible. And then Jada Bierschbach had 18 points, seven rebounds, six assists, five steals. So um, they had some trouble the first game of the year. We saw them against Sartell, but clearly they're kind of starting uh, to find their groove for Ricori. And then other scores from last night, uh, Sartell lost their first game of the year, for, uh, 71-47 to to Fergus Falls. Avery Templin led them with 14 points in that one. Um, and she had 20 points in their 63-26 to win last week. Um, so both those teams 2-1 and one at this point. And then we also had uh, Albany move to 2-1, and one, who... 
you know, they went down, played a very tough team in Minnehaha Academy on the road. Um, 74 to 32 was that final, um, you know, playing down in the cities. Um, but they bounced right back. They only gave up 13 points last night, 55 to 13 win over Melrose at home to kind of get back on track. So, you know, a lot of teams, um, all those ones I just mentioned, already with two wins on the season. Uh, Cathedral also is 2-0 and on the year after picking up some wins last year. So the girls' basketball team's um, having a really good start to the season in non-conference play. Yeah, and, and the one that we went to on Thursday night was uh, Cathedral against Melrose. Um, they were able to, like you said, pick up the 44-38 to victory. A um, couple just little points from that game. The Voigt sisters definitely showed off their skills. Um, combining for 25 points of the 44 total points. Um, and the two of them knew that they, you know, Rachel and Ella Voigt knew that they were going to be having to step up into bigger roles this season with different girls graduating last year. And um, both of them were able to kind of not only control the ball on offense and such, but also be able to put up some three-pointers, drive to the paint. Um, Ella kind of was just phenomenal at the paint aspect. She was able to kind of find those lanes um, every so often and, and get in into the paint and get some layups, um, some easy layups. And then Caitlin Voth, she was able to get, um, she was able to kind of show her presence. Um, she's six foot one and she had a few beautiful blocks um, in that game. Um, and just a very good presence in that paint for um, Cathedral. They're also able to do some zone defense because of her, um, just because she has such a dominant presence in that paint. Um, and so they were able to show off the 3-2 zone as well as 1-3-1 zone. Um, they didn't really do a whole lot of man-to-man zone, um, defense, and so I'd be interested to see how that kind of keeps going. But, um, but yeah, no, just kind of some different takeaways from that game since we were out there on Thursday night, and I think we recorded on Thursday. So um, that that kind of helps. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in that game, Ellie Pelzel, she didn't score very much, but in their their win, you know, on Friday, she had 17 points, five rebounds, four assists. And then Caitlin Voth, like you mentioned, she had 11 points again in two blocks. So, um, you know, they have a lot of different options, as you can see there, um, to score in double figures, um, which will be kind of big for them as they kind of get into to conference play coming up. So um, that'll about do it for girls basketball, I'd say. We can move to dance where you were last Friday, and then also last night you saw a Central Lakes Conference, you know, meet with a lot of teams. Then you also saw a Granite Ridge kind of try meet. Um, I see that Sartell didn't win convincingly, which is kind of, I guess, you kind of have to start there whenever that doesn't happen. But what did you kind of see out of that meet on Friday night? Um, I mean, Brainerd and Sartell were the two Central Lakes teams that are in um, 3A. So you knew it was going to be kind of a battle between those two. Brainerd also has a very good program um for 3a and it's a new season for sartell i mean it's their first time ever competing in 3a and so it's going to be a little different compared to uh other years and so um this time around on friday um it was at apollo high school it was kind of sad because all of the central lakes teams were able to compete except for the host school st cloud had um some covid problems and so um, they weren't able to compete on on Friday night, which was unfortunate, but looking forward to seeing them compete uh, later on this season. Um, Brainerd and Sartell, they they tied um, in a high kick, and uh, Brainerd got the, the tiebreaker, um, and so they were able to win um, that category. But Sartell had a really good high kick performance. Um, 
obviously at the beginning of the season, you, you, there's a lot of different little mistakes being made um, compared to like when they compete at sections. But um, overall, a really good performance by Sartell. Um, I th- you can definitely tell that they have a lot more people, Brainerd and Sartell do, compared to the rest of the teams. Because um, when they came out, it was like, wow, they fill up the floor um, when they went into their. And that was one thing that you missed last year was, you know, just due to the COVID policies, you could only have 25 girls on the on the team. This year you can have more. And so, um, I mean, they filled up the entire court when it came to uh, um, doing their their kick. And so it was just it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Sock Rapids got third and Ricori got fifth in, in high kick for that particular category in jazz um brainerd got first with a total ranking of four sartell was right behind them with a five total ranking um sock rapids was third recorey was fourth so um some kind of middle of the pack um rankings for them early on this season um i know sock rapids rice is excited because they're in the same division or same section as recorey and so that that's going to be a nice little um battle between those two teams um throughout the season and then last night, um, Cathedral hosted Zimmerman and Albany for like a triangular Granite Ridge Conference meet. Um, it's not; it doesn't go towards the actual Granite Ridge Conference um, rankings. Um, there's one that happens in Foley and one that happens in um, some other some other place um, in January. And so those two meets will be what qualifies as the Granite Ridge um, rankings. But it was just a nice way to kind of get the get the season kicked off for them and be able to be judged um, and all that type of stuff. So Cathedral won both high kick and jazz. Um, and then Zimmerman got second for both and Albany got third. Um, but some really good performances by them as well. A lot of fun to watch. Um, I have a photo gallery from Friday's um, meet uh, up online that you can check out. And then Dave did a nice job last night with with a gallery from that. Um, so make sure to go out to SC Times and check out those two. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, we have our all metros as well that I think before we even started recording, we both kind of forgot that we were going to be going through those um, those last couple sports just because once we finish those, we tried to like throw them out of our minds and be like never think about them until next year. But um, we still want to recap them a little bit here to to kind of acknowledge some of those performances. Um, I'll start with girls soccer. Um Hadley Baines was the player of the year for um, the All-Metro team. Um, it was, you know, not too difficult of a de- decision just because of, um, you know, how Cathedral was able to get back to state for the first time in so long. And Hadley was just a huge part of that uh, for the Crusaders playing that central defender role, just kind of being that that safety net on defense, you know, controlling the defense, you know, kind of leading that transition play. Um, she just did so many just kind of key things for them that, you know, don't always necessarily show up in the box score, show up with the goals and assists she had. But um, it was still clear just being able to watch them a couple of times this year that um, without her, they they probably wouldn't have been in the position they were. She was also a first team all state selection, which also kind of shows you what, um, you know, other coaches and such kind of thought of, of her performance as well. So, um, if you look at the the first team list, there's a lot of Cathedral and a lot of Sartell is kind of um, the big takeaway. You have people like, you know, Chloe Turner for Sartell. She led the area with, you know, 15 goals and three assists um, as kind of a forward position. Um, Cathedral had, a, you know, a couple midfielders like Peyton Mathiason and Megan Corbett, who both had, you know, double digit 
goal totals that were really incredible for them as well. And Sartai, a lot of other, you know, midfielders and defenders that as well, you know, might, like I mentioned, might not have had huge stats, but were really big for Sartell being able to, you know, win a lot of games in the Central Lakes Conference. Um, they jumped up to Class 3A, so they might not have had the postseason success this year, but they still um, put together some really great performances and had um, a really strong defense that put together a lot of shutouts this year. So um, we also had defenders from Tech and St. John's Prep as well on the first team um, that had some great performances. And then, you know, teams like Apollo and Ricori um, and Sock Rapids also had quite a few names to fill out the second team. So, um, yeah, you know, a really good year. But like I said, Cathedral and Sartell um, definitely dominated the list. And while there are a couple seniors on this team, um, you know, Sartell has an eighth grade defender in Jenna Jansky who will be back for a lot of years. You know, Reese Kletzer and Chloe Turner are juniors. Um, so especially a team like Sartell will definitely be one to watch out. Next year, Cathedral will have to do a bit more retooling with um, a lot of seniors leaving. But, you know, you have someone like Hope Schuler who still was a junior and had a great year as well for them from kind of an attacking position. So, um, you know, still a lot of excitement to look forward to as um, we get into next fall. Very, very far in the future, but I'm sure it'll come around soon enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I finished off uh, the volleyball all metro list um, that came out Friday. And uh, your player of the year was Ellie um, Pezels from Cathedral. She was a senior um, hitter, but I also would consider her a defensive specialist as well. Um, Just really good all-around performance by her this season. Um, She played 29 matches. She recorded 279 kills, as well as 311 digs. Um, She had four solo blocks, 28 block assists, 21 set assists, and uh, just could play kind of anywhere on on the court. Um, and so just a really good, really, really nice job for her. Um, even their head coach, Heidi Schlo, Schlo said that um, she depended on her quite a bit. Um, they had a couple different injuries, but she was kind of that one player that was always on the court. Um, she made a giant impact and um, just a very good performance by her this season. Um, some other names that made that first team, um, I picked two setters. Um, you have Kendall Bierman um, from Albany. She's a junior setter. She led the um, the St. Cloud area with uh, 639 set assists. She also had 206 digs. Um, she also ended her season early due to an injury. So, I mean, just imagine what she could have done if she was, you know, able to play the last couple, few matches or so. Um, and then I also had um arissa peterson from tech she's a senior setter she had 533 set assists um and one of the people that she set to quite a bit was um grace karachi um from tech she was a um june she's a junior hitter um she led the tigers with 255 kills um she also had 231 digs just a really good performance by her she was kind of that um go-to hitter for tech um, and will continue to be next year as as she goes into her senior year. Um, and then you have Paige Davis from Recori, as well as um, Paige Lenzen Hammerall from Cathedral. Both seniors, both liberos, did a really nice job. Um, both of them having over 300 digs this season um, for their respective teams, um, and just being able to be dominant in that back row for um, both of those. And then finally, to kind of wrap up the the first team was. 
Darcy Peterson from Sauk Rapids Rice. Obviously, the Storm made it to the state tournament. Um, she was a big part of the reason why they made it to the state tournament, having 154 kills as well as 198 digs. Just a really good player for them um, and will be incredibly missed by um, that Storm program. And then the last one was Kayla Sexton from Cathedral. She is a junior hitter. Um, she also does a lot of defensive play as well. Um, 202 kills as well as 200 digs. So a really nice season having 200 and 200 um, for her. But uh, overall, really good, really good performances by everyone. Um, similar to kind of what you were saying with girls soccer, a lot of girls coming back next year um, from both first team and second team. Um, a lot of juniors on that second team um, and a lot of just people kind of sp spread out um, all over the place. But um, yeah, just kind of a lot of fun to, to put that together and um, exciting to see. Uh, I mean, one team that's for sure going to be interesting next year is uh, Albany. They have two junior hitters with um, Andrea and, and uh, Samantha coming back for them. And then you also have Kendall as their setter coming back. So um, a lot of potential there for them um, as they get ready for next year. But just overall, really good, really good squad and um, a lot of fun to put together. And the last sport um, to get to is boys soccer, which this one was kind of a tough decision for me. Um, making the player of the year, I ended up going with Andrew Holmes for Tech, who, you know, he was an All-State selection in Class 2A. Um, you know, kind of incredible player there in the midfield, kind of as a defensive midfielder, but um, could take incredible, you know, free kicks like we saw at the state tournament where he scored the lone goal for Tech um, from like 30 yards out. Um, and then he also was able just to create, you know, these pinpoint passes down the field that set up the attackers just time after time in a way that, I haven't seen many other high schoolers in this area do. So um, he was incredible. He ended up being player of the year. The one that I would say kind of narrowly missed out was Connor Drone, who he was a, for class A, he was a, you know, state Mr. Soccer finalist. He had 26 assists this year, which was a school record, which was second in the state. And he also had 14 goals. So 40 points. And he was also an all state um, first team member after being all state second team last year. So he also was incredible. It was really kind of a, it was a tough toss up there, but I ended up going with Andrew, just kind of his ability to do it against a couple bigger schools. And then also just being able to score that, that big goal at state kind of put it over the top for me. But um, Connor also had an incredible year. He's going to be playing at um, Gustavus next year for college soccer. And he had a lot of his cathedral teammates on this team as well. Um, especially some of the attackers like Zach plant who you know, had t over 20 goals, Chandler Hendricks, um, as well who had you know 15 goals um so there was quite a few cathedral guys here um on the first team and then andrew holmes he had a lot of teammates on the first team as well from tech these were you know girls soccer was kind of cathedral and sartell were the big ones for boys soccer it was uh cathedral and tech you have kadar abdi was a senior midfielder um you also had uh, liam o'donnell as a defender um and then a lot of guys on um the second team as well that that played really key roles um, and Palmer Manette, Cathedral's goalie, was also um, an All-State selection. So I think we had like at least five or six All-State guys on this first team. Um, so really great depth this year. Um, and a lot of teams represented on the second team as well. Unlike those other sports you mentioned, you know, a decent number coming back. I think 10 of the 11 guys on the first team were seniors and like eight of the 11 guys on the second team. So um, the only one coming back... Um, from the first team would be Abdi Rahman Issei from Apollo, who was a sophomore that has a pretty bright future. Um, and a couple of tech guys also coming back. 
um, you know, that played big roles. But otherwise, it's going to be kind of a relative unknown, I would say, going into next boys soccer season, which um, also is exciting, trying to see who's going to step up. But I, you know, a lot of these guys were have been all Metro picks a couple times or, you know, have been starters for a few years. But I think next year will be a little bit different. So I'm excited to see how a lot of these programs kind of uh, rebuild heading into uh, next fall. Absolutely. Yeah, so now all Metros are done, getting ready for winter, finishing up the previews this upcoming week. Um, and then we'll be able to kind of have a month and a half of just coverage, and then we'll hit sections and state tournaments in February. So it'll be a lot of fun to get that going again. Um, but I think we're just going to kind of enjoy this moment right now where we don't have as much stuff going on. <laughs> I would but, agree. Uh, <laughs> but and- I guess... Lastly, just maybe talk about some college stuff. Um, I know UND was in town last weekend. I was there for the Saturday game, which was probably the wrong game to be going to um, out of the two. But maybe just talk about that and you know any other college news and notes that um, listeners might want to know. Yeah, wrong game if you're a St. Cloud State fan or not pulling for North Dakota. <laughs> That's for sure. A 5-3 to three win for North Dakota on Saturday night, but an 8-1 to one win on Friday night, which was just absolutely insane to, to do that against a rival. North Dakota had to pull their goalie in the first 11 minutes, um, who'd played every minute for them the whole year, who um, he came up really big on Saturday night a ton of times, but Friday night was just not um, the night for the Fighting Hawks. So St. Cloud, they had, I think it tied their record for biggest win against um, them ever, basically. Um, you know, just for the amount, I know North Dakota, they hadn't lost by seven goals in... I think it was like almost 23 years or so. Um, and it, it dated back to, I think it was the 90s was the last time St. Cloud won by that many goals against North Dakota, also at home. So a lot of records being broke. They also scored within the first 20 seconds both nights St. Cloud did. So a pretty crazy weekend of hockey. But now they have a couple weeks off of break. St. Cloud's still sitting around, you know, that top, still sitting in that top 10, kind of that 5-6 range. Um they also were able to end that three-game losing streak. But if you look at it, they've still lost four of their last five, but they're still sitting strong because they've just they've played a really strong schedule so far um, through these first these first couple months. So they're going to be back on New Year's Eve against Bemidji, and New Year's Day they'll uh, play back here in St. Cloud for that series that I'll be at. So they kind of get a nice little break here as well, a um, couple weeks to you know see family, have finals, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, they're on a break. Um, other St. Cloud State news that's been big is, um, you know, I, I think we talked last week about volleyball having their first NCAA game. They ended up losing in the first round three sets to one to Concordia, uh, but they did have four players, I think it was, or an All-American status. And then Kenzie Foley was freshman of the year, all of Division Two. So um, while it didn't end the way they wanted, they still, you know, one conference with a 19 and one record went on a 17 game win streak, did some incredible things. Um, so now they just kind of have to be able to put it together in the tournament that I'm sure we'll, we'll start seeing here in the next couple of years. But so uh, volleyball going out, you know, not the way they would have liked, but still some incredible awards kind of racking up here now that the season's over and then women's basketball as well. Um, they earned the 23 seed or not 23 seed, 23rd ranking overall for division two, um, this week, and it's the first time uh, since the 06-07 season that they've been a top 25 ranked team, apparently. So um, they've been, they lost their first game of the year on the road to like top five team in the country. And since then, they've just been rolling. Um, the defense is incredible. They've been getting some offensive production from a lot of different people. 
um, and they continue to to have a great season. So um, they're definitely someone to to look out for is maybe going on a run for a conference championship as well as we get deeper into the winter. So um, other than that, um, I'm seeing St. Uh, College of St. Benedict, their girls basketball team tonight, actually. They're undefeated to start the year 6-0, and looking to go to 7-0 and against Hamlin tonight. So I'll be out covering that game. Um, and then St. John's basketball has also been on a run. Um, I think they're up to 6-2. and They started the year 2-2, two and two, but they've been winning some conference games lately. So I'm going to try to see them um, next week. But yeah, other than that, you know, after we get to that game next Tuesday, the college scene really dies down for about a week and a half, two weeks with finals and you know the holidays and everything they really kind of just completely cut it cold turkey so that gives us a little time to take a break as well get some vacation in and then um it all starts up again very very strong and very fast in january well good well i think that kind of wraps up this uh podcast don't you think zach i'd say so we've probably been going what almost an hour today but we have a lot of stuff going on again there's no shortage of stuff to talk about it's more picking what we do want to talk about so um, you know, I'm going to be going to, like I said, that game tonight, tomorrow on Thursday, I'm going to be seeing, um, Sartell and Ricori boys basketball at Ricori. I'm excited to see those two teams play. Um, and then Friday, I think I'm taking a break because Saturday I'm going up to Bentleyville and Duluth and stuff for a little break. And then, um, what's your rest of your week look like, Brian? Yeah. So tonight I'm, I'm off. Um, no high school sports going on tonight. I'm going to be heading out to the Mac tomorrow for River Lakes and St. Cloud girls hockey. Um, nice little rivalry there for that for that game, and then I'm heading off to uh, New York City for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I'll be gone for a long weekend, um, celebrating Christmas out in NYC. So that'll be a lot of fun to go check out Rockefeller and go see some family and all that type of stuff. So um, be a good time to to spend the holidays a little early. I get like three Christmas weekends in December, so I'm not going to complain about it because I love Christmas. So um yeah yep. and with and i think with that time off we're going to be um recording next friday i think we decided so yeah um, yep so i'll be coming back later. late on wednesday and then you have thursday off next week so um yeah expect a podcast from us on friday instead of wednesday we're trying our best to stay on wednesday but it's not working no apologize so <laughs> but you're still going to hear from us don't worry so. you will you definitely will <laughs> uh, and I, I know for some reason too the I know it shows up on Spotify. I know in Apple the show hadn't shown up maybe the last couple weeks. I think we're still trying to figure out the glitch there, figure out behind that. But if not, just listen to it on Spotify because I know it's showing up on Spotify. I see it every week on there. It seems like from what they told me is that it's been a it's not just us. It's a lot of other podcasts that are struggling. Something's happening in the in the system, and so they're hoping to fix it sooner than later. But uh, but yeah, until then. We're still doing it. I, I do post it on the sctimes.com, so you can check it out there as well. Um, there's many different ways that you can get, get the podcast, but uh, we appreciate you listening to it. So the algorithm hates us is what it sounds yes, like. Yes, algorithm definitely hates us. So we're just trying to be nice to it. It's the Christmas season, you know. So We'll see if we can get on its good side here during the holidays. But otherwise, I think that'll about do it for us today. So like we mentioned, we'll be back with you next Friday talking about um, a couple games from that week. We'll probably have a couple less than usual, just like we said, a couple days off, but we'll definitely uh, be able to go over everything and kind of look ahead to um, what's going to happen over the Christmas break. So um, otherwise, I think that should be good for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Time Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.